The FDA wants to limit the amount of arsenic found in rice. That and other news for the week ending April 3rd, 2016. I'm Jamie Sudler. I'm Franny Halperin. And it's This Week in Water. A new study conducted by researchers at Stanford University concludes that fracking operations near Pavilion, Wyoming, have had a clear impact on drinking water. The town of Pavilion has only about 320 people, but in 2008, the residents complained of a foul taste and odor in their drinking water and questioned whether it was related to physical ailments. In 2010, a federal agency advised area residents to avoid bathing, cooking, or drinking with water from their taps. Then in 2011, the EPA issued a preliminary report concluding that shallow fracking can lead to toxic substances ending up in aquifers. The oil and gas industry strenuously objected as did Wyoming regulators. The EPA then left the investigation to the state, which basically issued a few reports concluding little. However, the new Stanford study says that fracking's impact may be more widespread than just Wyoming. One Stanford researcher, Rob Jackson, was very critical of the EPA, stating that the agency had consistently walked away from investigations where people and the environment appear to have been harmed by fracking's impact on groundwater. For more about fracking and groundwater contamination in southern Colorado, go to our website, h2oradio.org, and click on the story, Forgotten. Our report describes how people living near gas drilling feel abandoned by their state agency charged with protecting them. And for those same people who live in southern Colorado, the USGS published a first ever report saying that they are at an increased risk for earthquakes because of oil and gas operations. But the USGS findings apply to urban areas too, and are a particular alarming for Dallas and Oklahoma City because the quakes which are triggered by injecting wastewater into the ground could potentially affect 7 million people. Earthquakes connected to oil and gas operations were also in the news in Canada last week. According to a new study published Tuesday, at least 39 fracked wells in Alberta and British Columbia are suspected of triggering 65 earthquakes between 2010 and 2015. In Canada, however, the seismic activity is related more to the actual fracking of wells than to wastewater injection. In more news from Canada, a hunger striker who is protesting the construction of a dam on the Peace River in British Columbia was taken to the hospital last Thursday evening. 24-year-old Kristen Henry had been camped outside the offices of BC Hydro in Vancouver since March 13th and had not consumed solid food. Supporters of the controversial project far north of Vancouver say that if it's completed, the dam could produce enough energy for 450,000 homes per year. But the reservoir is expected to destroy almost 70 miles of river valley bottoms along the Peace and its tributaries. A spokesperson for Amnesty International told the Globe and Mail that the project conflicts with long-standing treaties between indigenous people in the region and the Canadian government. Protesters at the site of the dam were ordered last week to leave their tent encampment near Fort St. John so that ground clearing operations could continue. Indigenous tribes say the dam would flood burial grounds and other culturally important sites, as well as disrupt vital hunting and fishing activities. Four separate cases challenging aspects of the project are making their way through Canadian courts, and more protests are planned, opponents say. As for Henry, she stopped her hunger strike on the advice of her doctors, according to the group's Facebook page known as Stop Sight See. 
Last Friday, the Food and Drug Administration called for a limit on arsenic in infant rice cereal. Specifically, the proposal aims to reduce the amount of inorganic arsenic, the more toxic form of the substance sometimes found in pesticides and insecticides. Both organic and inorganic forms occur naturally in the environment. The organic form present in many foods like grains, fruits, and vegetables is less toxic and passes through the body quickly. Inorganic arsenic is a known carcinogen that has been linked to an increased risk of several types of cancer. People are exposed to inorganic arsenic through drinking contaminated water, industrial processes, smoking tobacco, or eating crops irrigated with the substance. Rice is of concern because the plants are grown in water and absorb more arsenic than other crops. This makes infants particularly vulnerable as rice cereals are a common first food given to babies and they eat about three times more rice than adults do relative to their body weight. The FDA tested 76 samples of infant rice cereal and only about half met its proposed limit of 100 parts per billion. According to the Associated Press, the rice industry has been working to reduce arsenic in its products and avoids pesticides containing the element. Growers say levels of inorganic arsenic may be left over from crops previously farmed on fields or from runoff. As far as adult exposure, research found that cooking rice in high amounts of water and then draining the excess liquid could reduce inorganic arsenic levels by almost half. This method has a downside, however, possibly removing some of the grain's nutrients that provide valuable health benefits. And finally, we want to let you in on a little secret. Actually, it's not so little and maybe not so secret. It's an event of which the exact details are under wraps, but so far, over 800 people are signed up to attend. And they're not sure where to go, but know it will be held somewhere in London on May 1st. And revelers believe it will be the best way to bring on the summer. Why? Because what's on tap is one of the world's biggest water fights. Known as the Universal Water Fight Championships, participants will be divided into teams to do battle with super soakers and squirt guns. Organizers say the massive water fight promises water-based shenanigans and tomfoolery. We get that it's been a harsh winter for Londoners who have seen record-breaking floods and extreme weather. Just last week, Storm Katie unleashed wind, rain, and snow across the UK, causing flight delays and power outages. So party on, Britain, and to the competitors, we say, in the words of Winston Churchill, never, never, never give up. Unless, of course, it's raining. This Week in Water is sponsored by the American Water Works Association. Build a better world through better water at AWWA's ACE 16 in Chicago, June 19th through 22nd. Learn more at awwa.org forward slash ACE 16.